Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. Riverside Church is a community of believers striving side-by-side for the gospel in the greater New Orleans area. For more information about Riverside Church, go to riversidelife.org. As we close out, we have considered Paul's letter to the churches in Galatia together. Um, And in this early letter, perhaps his first, at least it's one of his earliest epistles, we find that Paul is very personal, he's passionate, and he's clear that Jesus is everything. And to add anything to the gospel of Jesus Christ, to add anything to the message of Jesus Christ, that salvation comes through Christ and Christ alone, not by works, lest anyone should boast. It's all because of the grace of Jesus Christ. To add anything, even something like circumcision as part of the Old Testament law, even to add that to it, what was once considered a good thing and a thing for the people of God, even to add something like that will detract from the gospel and will be no gospel at all. He wants it to be clear from the get-go that we must preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, seek to proclaim that salvation is by grace alone, through faith alone, through the finished work of Christ alone, to the glory of God alone, and we must deliver this gospel that was delivered once and for all to the saints so as to not pervert the gospel of Jesus Christ. The Judaizers had come into the church, and that's exactly what they are doing. And as Paul concludes this letter, which he has so clearly put that we must have Christ and Christ alone, that Christ is everything. Look how Paul starts off as he concludes this final paragraph. He says, look at verse 11, see with what large letters I'm writing to you with my own hands. It's almost like Paul is saying, let me say it one more time for the people in the back. Let me say it one more time to make sure, do y'all hear me? (laughs) Do y'all hear what I'm saying? In these large letters with my own hands, I'm writing. Let me play this back one more time to make sure I'm clear of what I've been proclaiming throughout this entire letter. He's writing with these large letters, he says here, and some have speculated. We don't know exactly what he, he means by this or why he's calling to mind these large letters. Some have said, maybe it was his eyesight and Certainly we see some indications from that throughout this epistle and other epistles. Perhaps Paul had poor eyesight. I'm not sure about that, but maybe. Perhaps he's calling to mind something similar to a public notice that would be written in very large letters saying, let's draw your attention. Final public notice. Here's what you need to know. Let me make it clear, emphasizing the importance of these final words. It says he's writing with large letters and with his own hand. Perhaps Paul's emphasizing that all of this letter has not come through a scribe, but he's written all of this letter with his own hand. Perhaps he's saying at this moment in this letter, I'm picking up the pen and writing this in big letters with my own hands to show that this is authentic. Because remember the Judaizers, what they were saying, that the apostles in Jerusalem were saying that they were correct. And Paul's saying, no, 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 that's not what I've been to Jerusalem. That's not what they said. It is Christ and Christ alone, not adding to this. And so perhaps in a, in a matter of authenticity, Paul is picking up the pen and writing this in his own words. Whatever the case may be. We know that at this moment, whether he's been writing with his own hand the whole time or picking up the pen at this moment, Paul is saying, let me play it back one more time to be clear that we must boast in the cross of Christ alone. Paul is saying in these big letters, this is huge. This is massive. Do not miss this boast in Christ, in Christ 
alone. So let's go ahead and start working on the application. Let's start go ahead and working on what Paul is talking about as he makes this final plea to us. Let's go ahead and start working on the application. Let's go ahead and start asking ourselves the question, where is your boast? Here's what he's saying. Where, where, where is your glory? Where is your happiness? Where is your fulfillment? Where is the weightiness of your life? Where is the most significant, important matter of your life? What is it? Where's your confidence? Where's your hope? Where's your identity? Where's your security? What do you rejoice in above all? What makes you happy? What we boast in reveals where our confidence lies, does it not? You see this in kids, right? They may boast about how fast they can run, how hard they can throw the ball, how many Pokemon cards they have and which ones they have, or what kind of movies they've seen or what sort of movies they like. And in seed form, they are, these kids, and you better experience this in your own life and maybe see this in your own kids, they're, they're looking for approval and displaying where they think they might find approval. And so where they think they will find approval is what they begin to boast about and rejoice in and proclaim with their very lives, this is who I am. Because if I think if I have this or I am this, then somehow I will find some sort of meaning in my life. As adults, we get a little more clever about masquerading and putting facades up on these these things, don't we? We put on fronts, but sometimes the fronts fail. They often fail. We see our confidence displayed in what occupies our minds, what we think about. What, 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 what do you think about all the time? What occupies your mind? What do you boast in? What stirs your affections? What crosses your lips? What do you find yourself talking about the most or thinking about the most? For the white-collar worker, one might boast in his portfolio. For the blue-collar worker, one might boast in his ability to perform grunt work or the fact that he's not an office guy. Have you seen that before? We find our happiness or boast sometimes in things that we are, and sometimes we find our happiness and boast in things that we aren't. At least I'm not like that, or at least I am that. So when you look in the mirror and look yourself in the eye, on what basis do you feel worth? That's the word here, to boast, the glory, to deem worthy. Or wait, Where do you feel your worth? Where do you boast in? Where's the glory? In large letters, Paul writes, look at verse 12. It is those who want to make a good showing in the flesh who would force you to be circumcised, and only in order that they may not be persecuted for the cross of Christ, verse 13. For even those who are circumcised do not themselves keep the law, but they desire to have you circumcised that they may boast in your flesh. And so just as Paul has been laying out through all this, there's two ways. Do you walk by the Spirit or walk by the flesh? Do you walk in step with the gospel or do you walk in step with the flesh? Are you sowing to the flesh or are you sowing to the Spirit? And so once again, Paul's laying out, do you hear me? This is clear. Let me write this to make sure you know this. There's two ways, two ways to live your life, boasting in the flesh are boasting in the cross of Jesus Christ. In these first two verses that I just read, verses 12 and 13, Paul's talking about boasting in the flesh. What does this look like? What does this look like to boast in the flesh? Notice the desire 
of those boasting in the flesh. Let's look at it again. Maybe you want to underline this. I'm not sure I underlined in my Bible. It is those, those who are boasting in the flesh, who want to make a good showing in the flesh. So the desire, so, so ask the Lord to search your heart and know you. Begin even in your own, ask the Spirit to help you with this application here. What do you boast in? What is your desire? Is your desire simply to make a good showing? Paul calls them out clearly. Those who boast in the flesh, their desire is simply to have a good showing. The flesh is all about appearances. The flesh is concerned about appearing rather than being. In boasting in the flesh, we boast or rejoice in our intellect, our physical appearance, our financial fortitude, our job status, our relational connections, or whatever it might be. We care about an appearance but neglect the heart. Jesus would tell the Pharisees, you whitewash tombs. You have all the appearance of godliness, but your heart is far from the Lord. You make a good showing, but you miss it. Paul is saying for these Judaizers that they are making a good showing. They seem to be following the Lord, but they are missing it. They are whitewashed tombs hiding behind the flesh. All they are after is a good showing. This fleshly boasting can creep into pastors and church members too. I will get questions like this. Anytime I gather with other pastors, there's always the question, what are you running? How big's your church? What is your budget? How big's your budget? What kind of buildings you got? There's always these questions of, of what is the showing? What is the facade? What does it look like? Those boasting in the flesh are after a good showing. That's their desire. And look at their method. So ask the Lord to search you. They desire a good showing in the flesh. Verse 12 still. Who would force you to be circumcised and only in order that they may not be persecuted for the cross of Christ. So understand what Paul's calling out in these large letters. He's saying, look at this. They desire simply for a good showing. And in doing so, they are forcing you to be circumcised. They are forcing you to be like them. They are forcing their understanding, their addition to the gospel of Jesus Christ. They're forcing that upon you. The show continues for those who are putting on a good showing by inviting others to the show. Well, not so much inviting, but forcing them to participate, perhaps using manipulation or religious influence. They are convincing these churches in Galatia that to truly be happy, you need something other than Christ. You need Christ plus works. You need Christ plus merit. And perhaps in fear of of missing out, and say, yeah, we'll do that. What could it hurt? I'll participate in that. They're looking for something glorious and waiting, so, waiting, something that will give them purpose and pleasure and joy. And they're beginning to take their cues from the world rather than the scripture. The scripture is clear that Christ has done it. But to live by the flesh, they're concerned about appearances, even religious appearances, right? They're, these are religious folks. They force others to follow and, and see the underlying motivation. So the desires for a good showing, their, their method is to force others and kind of manipulate others to follow them. You'll, you'll really have Christ if you have this. And notice the underlying motivation. Only 
in order that they might not be persecuted for the cross of Jesus Christ. All of this show, all of this asking others to kind of, you know, back them up and be part of their movement in order to justify themselves, all all of this that they are doing is all to avoid suffering because of the cross of Jesus Christ. They fear persecution. They fear bearing the scars of Jesus Christ, perhaps physically on their lives or otherwise. Paul says at the end of this, hey, from now on, let no one cause me trouble. I bear the marks of Jesus on my body. I've endured suffering for the cross of Jesus Christ. I've preached this gospel message, and I've been beaten because of it. And I have marks to prove it and show it. These folks, I'm telling you in my own hand in large letters, the only reason they're doing this is to avoid this persecution. Their motivation is to save their own skin. That's all they're after. How? By playing it safe. Under the masquerade of following the Lord, they can avoid controversy and they can enjoy the privileges that Jews had in that time through an approved religion instead of embracing the cross and suffering for Jesus Christ. Did you hear that? They wanted to remain friends with the world and they knew they could do that by appearing to be this Jewish sect rather than this whole new way. So if we participate in these, in these Jewish customs... Perhaps we will be accepted by those in power. And if we're accepted by those in power, we won't suffer as the Christ followers suffer. So if we do this, Paul is saying they're doing this in order not to be persecuted. They're trying to play it safe. What do you boast in? Here's what Paul is telling us. Listen to this good. There is a way to identify with the church but not identify with Christ. They identified with the church. They're they're, they're not saying that they're starting this whole other way. They're saying, yes, we preach Christ plus something else, but this plus something else saved their skin from persecution. They were dodging the costly implications of living a crucified life. Life. If we're living by the flesh, we'll start asking ourselves this question. Listen to me good. How can we be accepted by the world and still follow Jesus? How can we be friends with the church but not followers of Christ? And so living by the flesh often looks like that. That we try to keep the religious masquerade enough to where we're accepted by the world and we're not rejected by the world in order that we might not suffer for the sake of Jesus Christ. They were dodging the costly implications of living a crucified life and brothers and sisters, that's boasting in the flesh. That's boasting in what you can look like. How religious can I look without bearing the marks of Christ? In my life, the end result... Listen to what he says. For those who are circumcised do not themselves keep the law. They say they're keeping the law, but they are lawbreakers, and they desire to have you circumcised that they may boast in your flesh. They remain guilty lawbreakers. It wasn't about law-keeping or pleasing in the Lord, but boasting in the flesh, namely their flesh. Look what I can do. Look what religious things I can do in the flesh. 
Fulfilling the law, Paul says, is to love your neighbor as yourself. They are not loving their neighbor. Here is the truth, Paul is saying, in his large letters, in his own hands. They care neither about God or you. Because they take advantage of you, all for the sake of religion. Forcing you to follow, all to manipulate you, all to justify themselves. And they don't listen to the law. They don't listen to the Lord because the Lord has made it clear. They neither care about you nor about God. They just want you to come along in order to justify themselves. They are manipulating you. They're bewitching you, Paul say. They're taking advantage of you. That's boasting in the cross. That's boasting, I mean, boasting in the flesh. That's boasting in our own self, a desire for a good showing, a desire to force others to follow, a desire to avoid persecution for the sake of the cross. This is boasting in the flesh. But brothers and sisters, Paul says, let me say it one more time for the people in the back. There is a better way. And that's boasting in the cross of Jesus Christ. That is the better way. So when you look in the mirror, what are you boasting in? Are you boasting in the cross or boasting in the flesh? Keep asking yourself that question. Verse 14. So we're boasting in the flesh now, but, verse 14, the transition there. Far be it from me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. For neither circumcision counts for anything nor uncircumcision, but new creation. As for all who walk by this rule, peace and mercy be upon them and upon the Israel of God. Paul is saying there's a better way. Am I boasting? Am I finding my worth? Am I finding my identity and my strength and my joy? Am I everything in the cross of Jesus Christ? Paul says that's no trouble to me. I bear the marks of the cross. Where do you find your boast? Now understand this. They were trying to avoid persecution. Understand this, please do, that boasting in the cross is countercultural and against the flesh because boasting in the cross means boasting in our inability. It means boasting in our weakness. But it means boasting in the work of Christ and for us and the work of, Christ, the work of Christ for us and of Christ applied to us by faith. The gospel is offensive Because the cross is offensive. That is, the cross makes it very clear that we are sinners. We deserve punishment. And there's nothing that we can do about it. That is why the gospel is good news. We cannot in our own self do anything about our condition. But God, the very one who we sinned against and to whom we are accountable, has done something about it. The gospel is news we receive not merit to achieve. We plead the merit of the Son. We don't boast in the flesh, but we boast in the cross of Jesus Christ and we boast in Jesus. Look what he's done for me. In my weakness, I could not do it, but behold, look what Christ has done. That's how we live our lives, boasting in the cross of Jesus Christ. This is not the only time Paul talks about boasting in Jesus Christ. Let me read to you a couple other passages. You can turn there or just write them down or read them later. 1 Corinthians, so we understand more what it means to boast in the cross of Jesus. We're boasting in his work 
and what he's done, that he saved you, that he's raised you, that he's brought you to life, that he did what you could not do for yourself. Here's what Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 28. He says, God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not. This is anti-flesh, because you have to admit that you are weak and you have nothing. To bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. And because of him, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption, so that as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. It's all because of him is what he says. It's all because of him you are in Christ. Boast in that. Do you hear what he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 28? That Christ is our wisdom. Christ is our righteousness. Christ is our sanctification. Christ is our redemption. Christ is our everything. By his wounds, Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 2, we are healed. Boast in that. Brag in that. Glory in that. Let your life be all about that. In these large letters he's writing with his own hands, brothers and sisters, let me play it back. Don't miss it. There must be something left into this, in this word to, to brag about. Do you want to boast? Do you want to brag? Brag on Jesus. You might say, I got some righteousness. I got some wisdom, I got sanctification, I got redemption. And Paul says, those are all gifts. It's all because of Jesus. Jesus is it. He is your righteousness. He is your sanctification. He is your wisdom. He is your redemption. He is your everything. Do you want to boast, forget self-exaltation, get into God's exaltation, get into Christ's exaltation, and you can boast all you want. What are you boasting in? Boasting in the flesh or boasting in the work of Christ? This is what Christ has done for you. And listen to what Paul says here in this text. We went outside of this text for a second, but let's go back in. Far be it for me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Here, here, listen to this. By which... The world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Let me tell you one more time, brothers and sisters, you are free. You have died to the world and the world has died to you because of the cross of Jesus Christ. Not only is your sanctification, redemption, and all of these things, he has set you free. He's saying, be happy, rejoice, glory. The wisdom of this world no longer has a hold on you. You don't have to live by the ways of the world and find justification and identity and joy in the ways of this world. You're dead to that, dead to that, and it's dead to you. You're free from that, brothers and sisters. Be happy, rejoice, boast that the bondage of the world no longer enslaves you. Be happy and boast and rejoice that this world no longer has a claim on you. Not even death itself. That's been a done way with rejoice in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Don't miss it. Why would you want to add to that? You shouldn't. And if you add to that, you miss it and you don't get it. You are free. You are free in the gospel. You're free from this world. The bondage of this world has been broken. 
The shame that you experience in this world has been broken. The suffering that you experience in this world has been broken because of Christ Jesus. You are free. Boast in your freedom. And Paul says this as well about boasting. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. You can turn there or just listen for a moment and read it later. Not only do we boast in our freedom and what Christ has done, but Paul says this. Listen to this. My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. This is 2 Corinthians 12, 9. But he said, excuse me, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness so that the power of Christ might rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then I am content with weakness, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. So Paul tells us something else about boasting outside of this text. Boast in Christ, boast in his work, boast in the freedom that he has won for you in Christ Jesus. And Paul also says, don't only boast in your freedom, but boast how? Gladly in your weakness. Be happy and rejoice and boast that you are weak. Did you hear that? With this, we come to Paul's greatest boast ever, that we will boast gladly even when we are weak. This is beautiful, and we, and we must not miss this. That Paul says this, that when we are weak, the power of Christ rests upon us. It's at that moment that we experience the power of Jesus Christ. Boast when you are weak gladly, for that's when the power of Christ rests upon me. One, one pastor points this out. He says this rest upon me line, phrase, is the vocabulary of the tabernacle from the time when God pitched his tent with his people. It is also the language used of Jesus when the world became flesh and dwelt, pitched his tent among us. So here in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9, Paul employs the same awesome image to teach that the all-powerful Christ pitches his tent with his people in their weakness. Did you hear that? Life is not as it appears to be. We are led by today's culture, he goes on to say, to imagine that God pitches his tent provides his power with the especially famous and powerful, those who can speak of ecstasies and miraculous power and who command large crowds as they jet from city to city and enjoy the spotlight of the center stage. But it is not so. Christ pitches his tent with the weak and the unknown, the suffering, the shut-in, the anonymous pastor and missionary, the godly, the quiet servants in home and in the marketplace. Boast in your weakness, brothers and sisters. In doing so, you're boasting in the power of the cross of Jesus Christ and the power of Christ himself. For when we are weak, he tabernacles among us. He is present among us. And if Christ is present among us, we have more than we could ever need or imagine. We have all we need. Oh, that we would be a people that boast in the cross of Jesus Christ that boast in the power of Christ resting upon us. And this will not come through slick branding or powerful initiatives, but through weak people with the power of Christ resting upon them. Paul wants the church in Galatians to know, he wants the church at Riverside to know this morning that it is a glorious thing to be weak. It's gladly boast when you're weak, for when you are weak, his power is present among you in ways that you could not imagine. 
So brothers and sisters, what are we boasting in? Are we boasting in our own power, our own abilities, or boasting in our weakness so that we might experience the power of Jesus Christ? For all that matters is not appearances. For all that matters is not a good showing. What is all that matters, she says in verse 15? The only thing that matters is new creation. The only thing that matters is what has Christ done in you? The only thing that matters is that Christ has saved you, that God is redeeming you, that God is doing a work in your life. Be, be, be boast, be happy, boast, be thrilled that Christ has redeemed you. And if you are in Christ, you are a new creation. Boast in that. And if you are a new creation, then he will transform you from one degree of glory to the next until he finally brings you home. Rejoice that in your weakness, his power is made perfect. Rejoice in that. Look yourself in the mirror and say, I am weak. But praise God, for I will see the power of Christ in my life in unbelievable ways today. So I will gladly boast of my weakness. Don't be troubled by this, Paul says. This is a glorious way to live, to boast in him. Nothing in this world has power over me anymore. I'm free to enjoy the world. I'm free not to need the world. I'm free to live for Christ. And I will boast in the cross of Jesus Christ. So let's go ahead and ask ourselves that question one more time. What are you boasting in? In a good showing in your religious fortitude or ability or whatever it might be? Are you boasting in grace? Boasting in the free gift? Are you happy and thrilled that his grace is sufficient for you? Are you happy and thrilled that his power is made perfect in your weakness? Are you boasting in Jesus and only Jesus? Then Paul says, walk in this. He says, walk in step with the gospel. Walk in step with the spirit. So he closes out and says, walk in this way. In this rule, by this standard, that the cross speaks a better word than whatever you might find hope in in this life. And then peace and mercy, look at the promise there, will be upon you and upon the Israel of God, the true church of God. What are you boasting in? What, are you, what rule are you living by? Is it the way of peace and mercy or is it the way of the flesh? One famous... The reason I asked you this, look at yourself in the mirror. I was thinking about this quote um, this week by, um, I always always say his name wrong, Robert Murray um, McShane. Did I say that right? I always say it wrong. Robert Murray McShane. Here's, Here's what he said. He said, for every look at yourself, take 10 looks at Christ. And I want us to challenge, as we close out the letter of the epistle of Galatians, I want to leave you with that. As Paul talks about boasting in the flesh and boasting in the cross, I asked yourself, asked for you at the beginning of the sermon, say, what do you see when you look in the mirror? It's easy to kind of get, get, get fixated there, looking at yourself and how the world might deem you to be or how the world might give you approval or, or whatever it might be. You can probably think of that in your own life. You look yourself in the mirror and maybe you're not, you're not happy or satisfied with where you are in life, whatever it might be. But Paul is saying to us this morning, take 10 looks at Christ. In other words, get your eyes off yourself. Get your eyes off your performance. Get your eyes off the flesh. Get your eyes on on Christ. 
McShane went on to say this for, about this quote. He says, For when you are weak, the power of Christ rests upon you. He is with you. He is altogether lovely. Such infinite majesty and yet such meekness and grace. And all for sinners, even the chief of sinners. Live much in the smiles, the approval of God. Bask in his beams. Feel, feel his all-seeing eye settled on you in love. And repose in his almighty arms. Let your soul be filled with a heart-ravishing sense of the sweetness and excellency of Christ and all that is in him. Let the Holy Spirit fill every chamber of your heart, and so there will be no room for folly or the world or Satan or the flesh. Perhaps we can close this series out by saying, Paul is telling us, take a good look at Jesus. He redeemed you from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for you. You have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer you who live, but Christ who lives in you. And this life you now live, you live by faith in the Son of God who loves you and gave himself for you. Boast in that. Boast in the cross. Take a good look at Christ. In him you have everything. In him you lack no good thing. Christ is enough. Cling to Christ and Christ alone. For he is everything. Make that your boast. Let's pray.